it's important for all of us. We know that when we don't get sleep, when they've done studies on depriving people of sleep, that it starts to shut down your major ability to cope. Uh, and eventually other systems start to shut down, that it is important that we get sleep, that we get enough sleep, and that we get good quality sleep. And um, that's hard, especially when you are somebody who is experiencing anxiety and there are more things to do. It's really, really hard. But <clears throat> we have to prioritize it. And I'm hearing myself say this because this is the talk that my husband had with me the other day, right? So this is as much and more for me as it is for you. And I said, when we're all done, somebody needs to sit down and have this talk with me. But if we don't get enough sleep, then we don't get to be here in the long term. So... It's important that we do a couple of different things. And one is that <clears throat> we talk about antecedent modifications that we're talking about all this week. See, it all goes hand in hand. Uh, we, there is ante antecedent modification for sleep. And I'm talking about that for us as the adults, but for those of you who have children who have sleep issues, we can take a page <clears throat> for them as well. So how do we set ourselves up for success with sleep? That, that means that we don't have a whole lot to eat before we go to bed, and that's like a two-hour window before we go to bed. Um, that we don't have things that are caffeinated in the second half of the day, that we don't have things that are loaded with sugar in the second half of the day, that we don't engage in activities <clears throat> within a two-hour range before when we're supposed to go to sleep that would rile us up or get us all, you know, uh, I know some people who like to exercise two hours before they go to bed because that slows them down. But if you're exercising right before you go to bed, it's going to be hard to go to sleep, right? And in that two-hour window, I think a lot of times people think, and I have been guilty of this, I'm like, oh, okay, well, so, you know, what are you supposed to do during that two hours before you go, you know, you're not eating, you're not doing anything that riles you up, you're not exercising, so what are you doing during those two hours? that there is a, a, a ritual and a regimen that gets you ready for that. And when we're talking about small kids, we're talking about watching things on TV or on a, a device <clears throat> that are soothing. Uh, we can do that as, an, as adults. That uh, if whatever the bedtime ritual is, that we start it well before the moment in which we're supposed to send them to bed, right? I know with a teenager, because uh, I'm so tired at night, I'll say to him, okay, you know, you got to go to bed. But there's like a half an hour's worth of stuff that he's got to do before he can go to bed. He has to take his supplements. You know, he has to do the self-care regimen. Uh, you know, in some cases, it means taking a shower. Other times, you know, he's mostly a, sh a morning shower person. But, you know, there's a whole set of things that he needs to do in order to be ready for going to sleep. And if you don't already have a regimen, it's great to set one up. Um, and if you can make part of the regimen setting up things for the morning so that clothes are laid out, um, that's a great antecedent modification because it's not a rile up thing. It helps you to peace of mind to know that when you get up in the morning, you're going to be a little less rushed. It sets up the day for success. So that can be part of the regimen. But it's like working backwards goals. So if, if the bedtime that you want to be in bed is at 10 o'clock, that means that everything that starting at eight o'clock has to do to get you ready towards that 10 o'clock thing. This is the hardest thing in the world for me, right? Uh, I don't know why I have such a hard time with that. And then making sure that the environment in the bedroom is set up for success. 
that we, we hear from experts all the time that your bedroom should be a place that is for sleep, not for anything else. So that if your desk is in your bedroom, there's gotta be a way that everything gets put away and closed down like a roll top desk or a thing that folds up so that you're not staring at your desk. That it, they encourage us, although I can't imagine not to have televisions in the bedroom. I, to me, this is torture. Uh, to not, and although, you know, we probably turn on the television in our bedroom once every six months, but the idea of not having one there just makes me want to burst into tears. Um, but the experts say that if we truly want to get good sleep, that the only thing that happens in that room is sleep. Um, so there, there you go. That's what the experts say.